Welcome back to episode 17 of the Can I Tell You Something podcast. Today we have an episode about the Golden Record, or the records aboard the Voyager spacecraft. Yes, and before we get into that, because I'm already so intrigued, we just wanted to say, so sorry we didn't have an episode last week. It's the first one that we've ever missed, but we just had some personal stuff to deal with. But we are back on our regular upload schedule every Thursday, and we're so happy to be bringing you another fun episode. Yes, I think that that week away from the show did us both very well in terms of getting some new ideas, new perspective on what we're doing here, and hopefully upping the the quality of what we're bringing to your ears and potentially eyes if you are tuned in via Spotify or YouTube. Yes. That's a great, great way of <laughs> saying that. Um, but without further ado, I think we should just get into it. Yes. So right off the bat, what do when I say the golden record, what comes to mind for you? Okay, I'm going to act as though I don't know what we're talking about yes. because a few weeks we were hanging out with one of our good friends. And the topic of the golden record came up. And at that time, I had never, ever heard of it. And the first thing I thought was like some sort of priceless, like golden, like truly made out of gold record that like some celebrity had somewhere on earth. I was never thinking that, oh, like maybe this is something that human beings launched out of our uh, earth. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that that never crossed my mind. The other thing that I thought of was like the golden ratio, mm, right? Because mm. it kind of sounds similar, but I mostly equated it to some expensive solid gold record. Which to me just says that it has a killer name. Oh, for, it does. For what it is, because what it is, I would say is equally as cool as what you're talking about, if not cooler in my humble opinion. But for those who don't know what the golden record is, The Golden Record is a series of record discs. Like, imagine your vinyl discs, right? Vintage. The vintage stuff. But they're all made of metal. And they are strapped on, glued on to the Voyager spacecrafts. And for those of you that are like, okay, NASA has all these fun, fancy names for all these spacecraft. And you don't know which one's which. I am right there with you. Voyager was the spacecraft that was launched in the 70s, the late 70s. There were two of them, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And they are, I believe, the second and third spacecraft to exit our solar system. So there are actually more than just them that have exited the solar system. Um, But the the other spacecraft that we've had exit the solar system, we've lost contact with. And we still have contact with Voyager, is what you're saying? Um, I believe so. It's supposed to lose its battery or lose its energy in the mid-2020s, so probably pretty soon. Um, but what I didn't know is that when for the whole idea of what this golden record even is, it's think about it this way. Earth is going to exist for a set period of time. The sun's going to swell up at a certain point. And right now, there is very little evidence of human life that has gone beyond our little rock that we have called Earth. 
So it's like the first little things that were we're yeeting out into the into the cosmos to say that we are here and that we have existed um and so because of that what's on these golden records is a combination of sounds images and just a this is what humans are and this is a little bit of our story of existing here and the best part of all of this where the golden record idea that i think most people would think about comes into play is that it includes 90 minutes of music from around the world. And that's a big part of the premise of this episode, is what would your personal golden record be to say who you are if you were to have the NASA budget to throw music out into space? Yeah, I think we'll kind of get into how difficult that would be. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, 90 minutes sounds like a long time, But, you know, if anyone's made a Spotify playlist, you know, that's really not that many songs to sum up who you are. And then if we look into like how you sum up the earth and the history of humans, how the hell are you going to do that in 90 minutes? Right. Because we're going to take an English and American lens, right, from like the pop culture we know. But that's just a really, really small percentage of the rest of the world. Yeah. And the other thing too is it's not just recent music. It's like a whole music identity for humans. Right. And it on the uh, golden record itself, we'll, we'll throw up a photo right here. Note to self, there will be a photo here um, that on the golden record, I'll show it to you as well. They etched in towards the center to the makers of music all worlds, all times. And then it says side A. And it's, to me, I really liked it because it was like music is likely universal because it's based off of vibrations in air. Right. And air exists in so many different places and vibrations exist everywhere. So it's very likely that if there is other life out there that finds this, it wouldn't be so crazy for them to have some sort of concept of music. So I just thought that that was kind of neat. Yeah. So now we have the background of what the golden record actually is. It's several discs or records of music sounds. And you said images, Yeah. which I would love to learn more about that were sent out into space on the Voyager spacecraft. Yeah. Is that spacecraft is the accurate Yeah, word? I would say okay. spacecraft. Because yeah. sometimes when I say like spacecraft or space vessel, I don't yeah. know if that's like truly the accurate term or if that's like the Hollywood centric term. You know, you know? I, it's, it's a good question because I as much as I love space, I don't know the space vessel naming convention. OK, well, so, for this yeah. purpose, let's just say it's a spacecraft. They're on the spacecrafts. And that's kind of all we know so far. Yeah. Let's get into why and when this was created and sent out. Yeah. So this was sent with the Voyager miss- or mission, which its goal was to get a lot of information about the planets in our solar system and then eventually go beyond our solar system and see what else is out there. Because of how vast space is, it's likely that they will never collide with anything. Um, 
However, being a, like nothing human has been that far away from us. So there's interesting things to learn. And it was a mission that was also very opportune because of the alignment of the planets at that time made it so that they could send these spacecraft out and they could accelerate really, really quickly because of one of my favorite little things in orbital mechanics. It's they, they call it like um, slingshotting around planets. And basically all you need to know is you use the planet's gravity, right? To essentially just speed up really quickly like a like the Mario mushrooms almost. Uh-huh. And because of like the right combination of that sort of stuff, plus the initial velocity they had, they could just send those things really far out. And it's hard to get to those far planets too. Like the distance is much bigger than between us and our neighboring planets. You said that this was possible because of alignment of planets. Yeah. I remember last night at dinner or something, we were talking about how it kind of always seems like there's always some alignment or misalignment of planets <laughs> yes. going on yeah. and it's always like the rarest thing to ever happen like this will never happen for another 10,000 years so to me when I hear that I'm like okay yeah it, that's interesting but tell me a little bit more right yeah it's like something's always aligned there has mm-hmm. to be kind of a, a bigger reason that a project this grand happened yeah and that I, I can speak less on because I was really interested in the golden record part of it. But I, we can just theorize on yeah, that. Yeah. Um, well. I mean, it's it was at a time after the initial excitement of the space race, right? So can you give an actual year? Cause you yeah. Haven't. Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't even realize <laughs> that. Um, these were launched in 1977. Okay. Yeah. Late 70s. Late 70s. Um. Yeah. Space race was in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like after that whole excitement. So this was kind of the next next NASA thing. And interest in space, you know, declined over time, basically, since the space race. And then I think it's rising again. Um, space is on the come up. Trust me. Well, I'm sure just like you said, after the space race, there was still funding and probably still some pressure to keep researching and keep finding out new things about our solar system and about space. And so for me, it's only natural that human beings would want to try and communicate part of who we are, even if it's not like we're directly hunting for other life forms, but Mm -hmm. even us putting out the evidence that we exist kind of makes it possible and almost like more probable that some other life form would find out who we are. Yeah. So this is where I learned something brand spanking new. Um, This effort was led by Carl Sagan and his team. And they led another similar effort in 1972 and 73 with Pioneer 10 and 11. And that's where they, and I will show you this, this image right here, they included a six by nine inch gold anonized aluminum plaque um, that was meant to explain a lot of us as humans, where we exist in the solar system and where we exist within the cosmos. For those who can't see this plaque, I'm going to try and 
describe it. It's very well. abstract. It. I see a star. Mm-hmm. I see some silly little, they look like mathematical symbols. There's a lot of math going on. Yeah, going right over my head. And then there's sketches of what like male and female anatomy looks like. And then just a bunch of intersecting lines and some silliness going on. Um, that kind of seems like another topic. But if anyone's interested, it seems like this is referred to as the plaque. The plaque. From Pioneer 10 and 11. Also in the 70s. Yeah. And it seems like this actually happened before the golden record. Yes. So I wonder if this was almost used as like a test. Yeah. So testing for them. You, you would be kind of on point with that general idea. I, I mean, like, it's hard to know the inner yeah. politics, but um, this was definitely foundational for what ended up being on the golden record. I think that the big difference with the golden record is that's th- that was the first time that it was more than an image. They wanted to actually encode information and they encoded it as, as records do through, you know, bumps and grooves and, um, they also left instructions for how to decode all those messages too. Right. And I can't wait until we actually get into that <laughs> on the golden record yeah. because us being American centric, human centric, mm-hmm. we're going to look at things through an English lens. Yes. Right. And like only humans, as we know of, have the ability to speak, read and understand English. And so when you are creating an artifact, more or less, or a time capsule mm-hmm. that you're just shooting out into nowhere, you have to assume that they don't know what English is. Yes. That they're not going to know maybe even what a record is or how to use it, how to play it. And so the instructions on this golden record seem to be very, very interesting. Very cryptic, if you will. Yes, but... We'll get into that a little bit later. I still just keep want to, I still want to clarify like where and when and why. Yeah. Because we have to get the foundations before we understand what, what is on this and why that matters. Yes. I think that a good next bit to round out our understanding is knowing what is on the golden record in general, like the breakdown, what are the items in this zip file of a thing that we threw out into the universe? Okay. So we're in the late 1970s. Yes. Are we in the United States? We're in the United States. All right. We work for NASA. Mm -hmm. We speak English. Mm -hmm. What are we going to be putting on this record? We got a lot of room for information. We have a lot of thinking to do. A lot of thinking to do. Do you want to hear what is on it or do you want to hear what I would put on it? No, no, no. I want to hear what's on it. Okay. So this is what's on it. It, First are 116 images encoded in analog form, which just basically means encoded on the record, depicting scientific knowledge, human anatomy, human endeavors, and the terrestrial environment. So... Photos of Earth and some science. Okay. Immediately, let's take a pause. Yeah. (laughs) When I think of record, I Mm -hmm. think of music and audio. Yeah. So when we talk about images being encoded, are these like physically sketched onto the record? Because how else can Ah. you, how else can you create an image from 
a record. So this is where we get to the first sneaky detail on the cover of this thing. Sneaky detail alert. Where we have all of these wonderful lines (laughs) and like etchings on a sheet of metal. And what I'm going to be showing you is the instruction just for decoding images. And for those of you that don't have a visual for this, it is a series of two rectangles. The first has these like zigzag up and down lines on the far left, and then they stop. And then underneath, there is that same sized rectangle, but with a circle in the center. And so what this is saying is the pattern for this image encoding goes down one column and then up to the next and then down the next and then up to the next and down to the next. So it looks like they also have arrows. Yes. At the top here showing direction. So there's there's a lot of clues, right? But I yeah. will say this is incredibly abstract and <laughs> yes. I would have a very hard time solving this. Mm-hmm. I'm almost imagining that it's like a puzzle that you'd see on like Survivor. Yeah. Right? It's like this is not difficult or it's even like a word problem you have in math Mm -hmm. it's like it isn't obvious to me a human yeah so what's it gonna be like for exactly so like what would Mm -hmm. any other life form think of this i'm i'm excited to learn more and kind of dive into what their thinking was behind this yeah but i will say this ain't it. <laughs> like it's Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little worried. That they're gonna get the wrong memo. Right. Like, <laughs> okay, for instance, yeah. I, I'm seeing that there could be a lot of potential roadblocks or screw ups. Mm-hmm. And what if they somehow create like a very inaccurate image and then they're just terrified of us? <laughs> or like or the opposite, and they think that we're too civilized or too whatever and then they come and just destroy us yeah i'm thinking out loud or even worse they figure out our planet has oil on it and then we're really screwed (laughs) we're done Um, no but i do i do just want to acknowledge like the face of this is so peculiar looking it also looks like it's very sci-fi so it's it's definitely fitting fitting the themes it kind of looks like it'd be a cool album cover i know like when i was looking at it i'm i was thinking like i feel like this would be a crazy little tattoo you know who could decode this really well the swifties the swifties if if taylor swift put this out oh my it would be it would be a matter of minutes before it's decoded (laughs) (laughs) like without a doubt yeah but but for me and i consider myself quite the sleuth Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not your average Joe Schmo. I'm, yeah. not, I'm on a lot of cases. Of I'll course, just put it that of way. Course. But I need some time with this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the the only, I would say, justification I can have for this silly way of encoding an image, because this is where I learned something else really interesting. So for encoding an image with this, we're using like a physical item, not an electronic item to store an image and they are denoting the shade of or like the 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 value of each pixel by the depth of that groove so the deeper down a groove is more or less like the darker it's going to be on that image and it's like if you take 
that, you know, the needle on the record going all the way around and you just unwind it and it's really straight. And then you just cut it into equal size pieces. Then if you align it all up, it would be a perfect circle. That sounds complicated, right? That seems like really complicated arts and crafts. Exactly. Why didn't they just print out photos? Because they would fade over time or be like destroyed by radiation. Like there this has is, to be this is a whole other crazy thing, but like paper doesn't really last that long. But there has to be a wood like a chemical or some sort of protectant or binding you could put over it that would Th- this change is, that. This is the most or one of the most secure ways of encoding that information. Okay, hold but, up. Yeah. Have you ever been like looking on Etsy and mm-hmm. it's like gifts for him, gifts for her? Yeah. You know, click on gifts for him and it's always, well, first of all, it's always <laughs> wallets. Oh God, yeah. Like, they're, they're so ugly too. Yeah, really ugly wallets. Yeah. Just like weird colognes or like Something alcohol. with whiskey. Yeah. yeah, whiskey. And then the other thing I always see is like metal printed art. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. no, but listen, yeah. no hate. Okay. I'm just saying, when I look at this golden record, it's kind of like a hunk of metal, mm-hmm. right? Why couldn't they just do that with images and just send yeah. up like metal images? Okay. Like maybe paper doesn't work, but it seems like metal does. Like to me, this is so overly complicated that it. I don't know, like it makes it to me, it makes it far less effective because if you really, really want to communicate something to another life form, you need to do it as simply as possible. And if a human can't decode it, then why could anyone else or anything else? So to me, it's like this is this is working way too hard. Love it. It's cute. It's cool. It's fun to talk about. But to me, it's like the the purpose it's trying to serve. Is now like null it doesn't work so that i mean it brings up a really interesting question what you're saying it's the they made this trade-off of how much information they wanted to put on it sure and they sacrificed the clarity of it and it's through encoding information and that's that's where um like i remember uh, like a lecture i had um in one of my early info classes about um what about time capsules and it's like okay cool we can put something under the ground for however long mm-hmm. but a lot of those time capsules gonna go kaput within a couple hundred years wait just real quick yeah while we're on the topic of time capsules have you ever made one or like no ever been a part i really of want one? to though okay well we should make one yeah but I remember like our elementary school or middle school or something mm-hmm. did it as like a school-wide project. And I, I don't remember what, but like each class had to give something or yeah. like, make something that was just so cute. So I'd be curious if like anyone out there has done a time capsule. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's really fun to think about like what, what you would put in that could help memorialize like who you were as a human. Yeah. And that's what we'll get to with like our music choices at the end. Of course. But it's, I think it makes like death and the future less scary, at least for me. Cause I know we talk about like space a lot on this podcast and like you and I just think about it and talk about it a lot mm-hmm. on our own. And that's really a, a, a scary 
frightening topic for a lot of people to start thinking that, oh, like maybe we're not alone, but it's not going to matter because I'm going to die before we're ever going to find out. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But thinking about how you can make your presence on earth last past your body, mm-hmm. I think it's really comforting, especially just like, you know, Halloween just passed and like Day of the Dead is happening yeah. and it's it's clearly something that resonates with humans. And to me, this is just like pure evidence of that. Yeah. Hear, hearing some of the Carl Sagan quotes about like this project too are really, in, it's really interesting. Just Do you have any of those? Yeah. Those? Um, or the one that I have just in front of my face right now. So the most convenient one. So Carl Sagan chose a song for this, which was Dark Was the Night by Blind Willie Johnson. And he chose it because it was haunting and expressive of a kind of cosmic loneliness. So there was, I think, a bit of a somber feeling to this project, too, Mm. because it's you're creating something that's going to outlast Earth. Right. And And you'll probably be the last human to see it. Yeah. Or or touch it or, you know, whoever was actually involved in physically creating this record and then placing it in the Voyager, I'm sure is just such a weird feeling because it it is certain that if it is ever touched by another being, it probably won't be human. Yeah. And that's a weird, weird feeling. I have another quote that speaks to that which was during the entire Voyager project, all decisions were based on the assumption that there were two audiences for whom the message was being prepared. Those of us who inhabit Earth and those who exist on the planets of the distant stars. Wow. So there's four parts of this record. There's 116 images. Right. There's spoken greetings in more than 50 languages, a compilation of sounds from Earth, and then 90 minutes of music. And so the spoken greetings in 50 languages, when I was reading about this project, they only had like a few weeks to get all these recordings together. Oh my gosh. Right. So I mean, imagine the time pressure of that. Yeah. And so the, at first they, it was like, okay, we're about to send the something out into space that is trying to capture like all of humanity to some capacity. Yeah. Um, what do we include? Why? Um, and then the other bit with the recorded greetings was how do we record all these people? We're like, what do we even record? Well, goodbye. Um, and so initially their goal was to record greetings from the 25 most spoken languages, but they got like, in, in whatever time they had left, they would just keep on adding and they got to over 50. So it, I know it's not as robust or all-encompassing as people probably would like it to be, but th- this is one of those instances where seeing the constraints of this project, it's quite impressive that they're able to add so much to the to it. Yeah, and I mean, it was 50 years ago. I know that doesn't seem that far away, and it's like the 70s were a... Uh, progressive time but technology wasn't like we still didn't have internet people yeah and so it's not like they had some ai tool that they could just scrub the internet and collect 
every human dialect and language in 30 minutes, yeah. right? Like this was kind of a boots on the ground style project, which I like because it, it should be, right? Like mm-hmm. it should be crafted and created in the hands and minds of humans, not through the technology that we've created, at least in my opinion. So yeah. I, I'm kind of glad that it was made in the time period that it was because I've been thinking like, oh, what if it was made in 2025 or something? How how different would it be? And how might, I don't know, like the intentions behind it be different, whether it be politically or financially um, different. And I don't know, There's there's a lot to think about there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was very clear in terms of the images, at least, was that this comes from a compilation of those images. But it, the Golden Record Committee, led by Carl Sagan, chose not to include images of war, poverty, disease, crime, ideology, or religion. Oh, weird. I strongly yeah. disagree with that. And so part of the idea with that, because I, I saw the collection of images that they included within it, and they wanted to sh- capture things that outlasted a couple thousand years. They wanted to show things that could be a bit more immortalized than... But how is, like, religion and poverty and war... Like, yeah. those things do... Yeah. And as like shitty as it is, those things do kind of make up human history. Yeah. Yeah. I I just really disagree with that. I think it's a product of just it being made in the 70s. And maybe if it were made beforehand or closer to now, that would have been different. I just I don't understand why that isn't a part of it, because like, let's say this is viewed by another life form, I don't think they'd have an accurate representation of what happened on earth. Yeah. Because so much of our history is conflict and poverty and war and religion. I mean, almost everything that's done is motivated by either religion or money or power or all of the above because they're kind of all the same thing. Like to me, that's kind of almost a disservice to the human experience. Yeah. I I think that, there are very strong arguments for either decision. What do you think? I, for me, when I think about, okay, what do they omit from this collection? I think about, okay, what would it have looked like to include these things? Right. Sure. And that's where it gets really, I think, difficult. If you're going to include war, what are you going to include? Within, I mean, you have 116 images to tell, like, what happened here. And it's like, whose war do you include? Who's portrayed as good? Who's portrayed as evil? Like, I think that it's not that they made the entirely perfect right decision and I'll, you know, stand on it or stand by it and died there. But it's that I can see why there was a lot of there was a big challenge with those topics in particular omitting them. I think it might've been a simple solution to a more complicated problem. And that's like a really great 
counter to my perspective because I didn't even really think about that. And what it seems like the Golden Record did relatively well was at least try to incorporate the existence of cultures outside of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, because like that was something that I was afraid of when we we were doing this episode. It's like, oh my gosh, well, if the U.S. made it, then is it going to be only about the U.S.? Yeah. But then I also think about, you know, this would have taken a lot of money, a lot of labor, and a lot of time. Who's the one funding this? Who's Mm -hmm. paying for it? Did they have a say in the narrative that's told on the record? Yeah. Because it's almost impossible to be unbiased. Mm-hmm. when making something like this. So when you brought up the idea of like, well, in a war, like who's thought of as like the good side or the bad side? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like that, that's a really, really difficult question. And I think that that could be motivated by maybe which government's funding this, yeah. which would was probably ours. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was, I mean, yeah. NASA's, and, and so then yeah. that makes me like so much more skeptical. It's interesting to think about what what this year was like when this was being created, when this project was executed. Again, this year meaning 1977, specifically, not 2023. No, not 2023 at all. Um, but it's the same year that the first Star Wars came out, which was a commentary on Vietnam. And it was after the 60s, which is, you know known as this era of um a lot of like civil rights activism and the reaction to anything progressive is usually some sort of like conservative response so it's just interesting to i mean i don't know what this year was like to live in because i wasn't born yet but looking back at what this project was able to capture it I think that it, they did a really good job of finding a way to capture a lot of the human spirit in these golden records for other life out there. I just wanted to, I just looked up like historical things that happened in 1977 because yeah. you're right. Both of us didn't live through that time. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of our viewers didn't either. So you're right. Star Wars opens in cinema. The first Apple II computers go on sale. First commercial flight Concorde. Don't know what that means, really. Oh, supersonic plane. A supersonic plane. Elvis dies. Um, Roman Polinsky is arrested and charged. New York City blackout lasts for 25 hours. Alaskan oh. oil pipeline completed. Quebec adopts French as the official language. Oh. Anyway, just to give us like a little, uh, something to grasp on to. Yeah. But it does seem like Star Wars was the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember the 77. Wait, Saturday Night Fever premiered. Oh. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I think that is important to go back to the time when this was actually created because it would be so unfair for us to judge it in our time. Yeah. Because there's so much that has happened since it's like oh why wasn't the internet included or like <laughs> yeah, what, like yeah. where are the memes like where's the i don't know it's just that didn't happen yet the the crazy bit too is it i remember saying to you and i i need to 
set the record straight with what I said to you. Set the golden record straight? Set the golden record straight. I said to you that the Voyager aircraft or spacecraft were the ones that took the photos of Pluto. I was wrong. Hmm. It's a different one. It's, I think, New Horizons. It was a aircraft that was launched in 2015. To be fair, and this is no hate, but all of these spacecrafts just sound the same. Yeah, they got a fun little, like, name, but it's hard to know which one's which for sure. Why don't they call them, like, Gregory? Greg. Like the, the like, hurricane naming scheme? Yeah, that would be so much easier I, to keep track and yeah. also more interesting. Yeah. I don't know, just just food for thought. NASA, just, if you're listening to this. If you have a suggestion <laughs> box, consider our little paper dropped. <laughs> um, but I apologize for that detour. But yeah, so the, those photos of Pluto were taken with a much more modern uh, spacecraft. And I looked through some of the Voyager photos and they're snazzy. They like the ones that they took throughout the solar system are, are just really cool. And they have now that perfect little vintage feel. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So they're they're really out there doing the Lord's work. Honestly, shout out all of NASA's photography too. Um Definitely. But, okay, let's get back to yeah, the let's get <laughs> Just in <laughs> the interest, interest of keeping this episode succinct. Yeah. So we've hinted at the images. You kind of talked a little bit about the greetings. Yeah. I don't know if we need to go super in-depth with that. If you just want to reiterate how many greetings there were. There was a compilation of 50 greetings, and it wasn't just people saying hi. It was different languages saying things like, Greetings from the inhabitants of this world. Greetings from a human being <laughs> of Earth. Please contact. Um, <laughs> Who wrote this script? They did oh, no, not the, have a WGA writer. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, it, yeah. No, that, that, I think that's very sweet. And what it does is it at least shows the diversity of what we are and perhaps mm-hmm. like the vastness of human life. Yeah. To me, that's the purpose of that. Even if um, a life form were, even if a life form didn't actually understand what was being played, I think there's, you could, I think they could at least recognize how many dialects or tones or however they interpret that. Yeah. There are. And I think that's really cool. And what's so like special to me about what you said is that's exactly what they were going for. Yes. You got it. Which it's like, you see the cover and you're like, I can't decode these images off the record. Right. But then some things I'm like, yes. Yeah. Right on the nose. And I think that that's also very interesting. But without further ado, let's get to the... Finally, the the fun part. Part of this. The big kahuna? The big kahuna. This is the greatest mixtape humanity oh has gosh. ever put out for is the there a cosmos. spotify playlist for this there, i was trying to make one and not one doesn't exist there might be but there's a youtube playlist that i'm going to link because it's free and everyone can listen to it and you also get to see not what the whole cover of the golden records look like but what one of them looks like update there is oh there is there is a spotify it's called voyager golden record 1977 and the cover art is indeed the golden record love it Love it, love it, love it. It's a great record cover. I, I'm i just like, in terms of me, who's a little sci-fi sucker, it's like that that thing is so cool. It, it really is. It, again, if you're just listening, I would 
take some time to go look up at least what it looks like because it is really cool. And I also found photos of them manufacturing and handling the golden record. And it's so stinking cool. It's literally just arts and crafts with NASA. And they're (laughs) they're in this like record making facility and they're like analyzing it under microscopes to make sure all the information checks out. Well, because that would be the worst thing ever that you accidentally (laughs) say, like, God forbid, whatever. Yeah. Say something horrible and then you send it out into space and then you're screwed. Like, that sucker's not coming back around for for edits. I I like to think of, like, because we're so separated from this kind of style of image encoding that, like, what if they attach the wrong file to the golden record, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what if it was just... I don't know, Carl Sagan's family f- portraits or like from Christmas cri- cards. From, yeah, Christmas. <laughs> well, you know, that'd be a good representation, I think, yeah. of humans. Wait, I just want to kind of recircle back before we get into, into the music. I know that's what everyone wants. That's what uh-huh. I want to, blah, yada, yada, yada. Was there any... <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you hear any scuffling in the background... Our that dog is, is that is our our dog who's really really got some mental um some mental struggles. Anyway, I know we talked about briefly how like war, poverty, um, and religion weren't included. Were politics included? No. So like no no governance, no nothing like that. Okay, so for me, I'm I'm kind of split with that one. Yeah, because I'm happy it's not because so much sadness and turmoil comes from that but also if another life form were to receive this wouldn't they just assume that like we just weren't governed or like we weren't um maybe sophisticated or like i again i think it it creates an incorrect representation of what humans are, especially because our politics are so freaking crazy. Like yeah. to me, why can't you just, why can't you just th- throw a little crumb in there? Right. A little like, <laughs> like the Donald Trump mugshot. Donald Trump mugshot. <laughs> um, I mean, every country has their scandal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Th- like throw, throw some juice in there. I don't know. I, I just wanted to make sure that I put that out there. Cause I was thinking about that this mm-hmm. whole time. And to me, it's like, I mean, you could say anything you want and government officials would never know. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. You could just like leave really cryptic messages, but it's like. No, not. Cri- I'm just saying, oh. you know how I was, ta- I was talking about whoever is paying it or funding for it mm-hmm. could potentially be dictating the narrative. Yeah. And that would obviously deter NASA and the the people behind this from talking about politics yeah right but you know what's actually stopping them from doing that so for me i think if if this effort were to be um done again if there were to be more records sent out or maybe a different style of something sent out i think that like politics and and religion and money and like maybe even like physical artifacts from Mm -hmm. things on earth have to be added because they they make up who we are. And to me, like, okay, I'm just going to cosplay here, kind of get in the mind of a non-human being. Yes. I'd look at this record. Let's say I decoded it. Okay. Let's just 
Let's I'm going to give myself that. Yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'm going to say they're non-governed. They're like hippie love beings that have no conflict. That's weird. You want to know something kind of silly? Of course. Um, because I think this might help ground your what they're probably going to think of us. The first, like, eight images that are on that thing are explaining how numbers work. Boring. Yeah, but kind of necessary. Yeah, because I, I hear you, I see you, but also, why aren't there, like, Christmas trees and weddings? Because and every society has numbers. And okay, they're, but like, I, no, yeah. again, here you I see. Okay. You. I think that there could be like one or two, right? I'm not. <laughs> You're I'm saying not, like cap the numbers at a certain point? Yeah. I'm like, we got okay, if, if we've got, because Im images, right? This mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to show um, the colors and the celebrations and the culture and the practices or even what our planet looked like at the time that those we do images have, were taken no i, I or, yeah. i'm sure we have them but like to me that's the use of images mm -hmm. numbers yeah. could be thrown in anywhere else yeah and plus like the music you're gonna listen to is mathematical i don't i don't know to me i'm like oh, really I there think, are so many images that probably could have been in there that maybe didn't make the cut what are the other yeah. images you never share yeah so the the images there's like um the first bit is a series of kind of mathematical explainers um then they do a set of stuff that talks about like what is the earth even made of like what is our planet made of um chemical wise and like how much of each chemical there is it also includes a variety of images of like different landscapes throughout earth to show all the different kind of styles of landscape some of the built things that we've made, like the UN headquarters is included. And then the oh. uh, Sydney Opera House is included. There's like... Okay, wait. So I'm I'm actually just... I pulled these up because this is okay, my perfect. first time seeing yeah. them. Again, before we get to the music. Sorry, <laughs> people. You're going to have to wait. This until... might be a two-parter for the music bit, but... No, no, it won't okay. be. I just... I think the images are really important. Yeah. So yes, the first ones are mathematical. Then we get like light or like a color... Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Then it's um, looks like the Earth, the moon, Jupiter is thrown in there for some reason. Biggest planet in our solar system. Yeah. Then we have like cell structures, mm -hmm. atoms, DNA, helix, um, what babies look like, where babies are in a woman's womb, what babies do, how we sustain them. Um, why we, so, how we keep them around, how, how we keep them around, yeah. um, evolution where we, <laughs> this one's actually a little silly. We have, um, a fish moving into a shark, moving into a frog, moving into a human. So that one's to talk about specifically vertebrates and like how we evolved to be people from whatever we were in the primordial soup. Okay. And then we have, <laughs> yeah, then humans enter, enter the picture. We've yeah. got some athletes, teachers, children, supermarket. Oh, gosh, this is just getting really interesting here. Um, you know, 
different types of housing structures. X-rays were thrown in. Yeah. Like science. Yeah. Um, we have cars and also a horse-drawn wagons, planes, astronauts and us in space. And then the last one is a violin with music notes. Yeah. That is, you know what? I'm just going to take back everything I said. I think this is a good representation of what's going on here <laughs> on yeah. Earth. Again, I, I recognize that this was the 1970s, so it's certainly outdated. But I think you could look back and say, yeah, that that sounds about right. Those, those are some humans right there. Yeah. I, so you I, know, I'm glad about that. I, I like how much you're... I appreciate your skepticism of it because I think that that shows that you considered this as serious of an artifact as the people that were making it. And it it's kind of cool seeing you become slowly pleasantly surprised with what's included on it. When I said math at first, you're like, ah, math? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I was just saying it seems like there was a lot of math. Yeah. It wasn't that. Of course math should be included. <laughs> don't don't even try and say that. I won't muddle your words. Yeah. You know, um, I did just. Mince words. Now I've kind of stumbled onto the Reddit for this, yeah. where this was posted. And I just, I thought that this was funny. Someone commented, safe for extra safe for extraterrestrial life but not the workplace <laughs> and that's because there there's definitely some nudity yeah going on yeah. and i just i just thought that was funny so view <laughs> viewer discretion is advised yeah the the vox video that shows all the photos um it has an age restriction on it too oh my and gosh. it's just like funny to think it's like here's our one evidence of humanity you have to be over 18 to proceed and <laughs> Well, like, let's think about it. You have to include human anatomy. Yeah. And if you're going to talk about humans and babies, you have to include, like, how they're sustaining. <laughs> so what I'm referring to is, like, there's yeah. a woman breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And that is maybe taboo. Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. You it, think the it, aliens <laughs> are going to think that? <laughs> the, the aliens see it and are like, oh, how immodest. Okay. <laughs> it is now time to move on to the thing that... Everyone has been waiting. Yes, for. our our <laughs> audience has been anticipating this moment, and if you've made it this far, congratulations! You're the winner. And if you haven't made it this far, well, screw you. Well, they won't even hear it if they haven't made it this far. So the golden record consists of 25 songs, and while we were saying, oh, this is a 90 minute mixtape, 90 minutes is kind of hard to figure out, too. So just put it this way. Yes, this has 25 songs, but if you were to have a song that was exactly three minutes for the whole mixtape, you've got a maximum of 30 songs. So think less than 30 songs for this playlist, probably closer to 25, like with this right here. What are you even putting on it? And how can you narrow down your entire life of music? Because I know that I've gone through just like crazy phases. Oh, yeah. Where I'll be into something for a couple years and then I'll just do a complete 180 and start hating that. Yeah. And be into something else. And, you know, I'm only in my 20s. So what's a person who's 90 going to put on this thing, right? Because yeah. music taste and also just music in general is constantly evolving and changing. And there's so much 
variety, both just like culturally and geographically, that it's almost impossible, at least for me, to try and narrow down how I would describe the human race or even describe myself through music. So, you know, I, I just also want to be clear for our audience, too. The the Golden Records, 90 Minutes, that's supposed to be for all of humanity. What we're kind of playing with is the idea for telling the story of our own experience with music in that same format and what that would look like. Because to speak for all of humanity would be tough. It would be quite we a challenge. We are not the, not the speakers of humanity. But I can that's be the, NASA. That's NASA. But I can be the speaker for myself. That's true. Before we do that, I just kind of want to know what's on this record, That's though. A like, great question. let's kind of get some inspiration. Set the record straight. Set the record straight. That's a great one. On that note, uh, this record consists of a lot of world music. So the third song on it is "Senegal Percussion" by Charles Duvall, and then there is an Australian group. Um, there's a mariachi song. And so I mean, in this playlist, they're, they're breaking down where a lot of these do come from. There is, of course, Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. So it's like, yeah, you got some um, more American and Western music in there. And it does skew more Western. Um, and then there's also Melancholy Blues by Louis Armstrong. Um, what's interesting is when I was reading through this is... Initially, the Beatles were supposed to be on it. Do you know what song? I think it was Here Comes the Sun. Oh. Yeah, but their publishers didn't clear it. So the Beatles are excluded from the golden record. And to me, it, that just dumbfounded. Like, <laughs> yeah. why? Why would a publisher or an agency be like, nope, this is ridiculous. Like, this doesn't make the cut. Yeah. Or like, oh. They can't be paid for this. <laughs> You know, how much is NASA paying for the rights to your music that's going to go into space on a golden <laughs> record? Because to me, if I were a musician, yeah, this is like one of the greatest honors I could have. You know, it's like, hey, you created something that we think represents humanity. We're going to sing it out for the aliens. Aliens need to know you made this. Right? It's like, like yeah. that's kind of the biggest compliment ever. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I were a Beatle, mm -hmm. I'd be up in arms for that because I think that is a really, 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 really silly move. I don't know what I expected from this mixtape, <laughs> but I, I don't think it was this. I thought that there was going to be, I don't know, like some better music. Almost. Like some more bops. Right. And <laughs> it's like, like. Believe me, love me some Bach, yeah. love me some Mozart, and I think that should be included. It's not even that. And it's like, yes, different forms of instruments and percussion should be included. Yeah, But you're right, like, where's the Beatles? I don't even really like Elvis, but like, where's Elvis? <laughs> right? Where's Elvis? Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I don't even know. It's, no, I know. It's, it's like, a question. It's like, mm -hmm. well... Are they going to just think that we can't sing? 
<laughs> like, no, and, and that's maybe a little cruel, but no, they, again, they it's like, that. I don't feel like it's an accurate representation. And I know Beyonce wasn't there yet. And yeah. Taylor Swift wasn't there yet. And maybe that's like a good reason to redo this. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. It's again, some interesting choices were made. Yeah. And I think I'd have to listen to this playlist. I still haven't. So these are my preliminary, pre-listening opinions. Yes. But I do think maybe some some bops were left out. Some bops were excluded. I, I think that what's also important to remember, too, is we have, or when it comes to music, right, you have that that first week it's released hype. And we're, I mean, we're getting this kind of hyperbolic with the, the Taylor's version albums coming out so frequently now but it's like you have the initial hype people are going nuts for it and then there is the phasing into oh now some people are regularly listening to the full thing and then you're kind of what are the most popular songs on this album start to bubble to the surface and then people kind of forget and then what gets remembered from that body of work 10 years from now, 20 years from now, ends up looking really different than what was popular in the height of its kind of moment. And you see that, I think, a lot now with artists that had songs that were released 15 years ago that go viral on TikTok all of a sudden. Like Definitely. The, the history of that song, or you know, whatever song's popularity is like so much more interesting now. So I think when we think about this being launched in the late 70s, like the a lot of like there hasn't hadn't been sufficient time to even include like Pink Floyd couldn't be included because it was too recent. Right. And I, the, the very first song that I thought of, I don't think from like my personal record or maybe, but just in general Mm -hmm. is like, what a wonderful world. Yeah. Louis Armstrong. But that was only recorded 10 years prior. Yeah. Which is weird because it's like, isn't that, kind of the one song you really want to make sure you had on there. <laughs> that or Here Comes the Sun, but, you know, who's keeping track? But it's like, it's describing the earth mm-hmm. as well as the human condition and experience in this, like, just absolutely beautiful voice and instrumentation. Yeah. To me, I mean, that's a certified bop. It should be on it. Yes. But you're right. Like, maybe at that time, they were like, eh, that one's not going to make it that long. Or they're like, ah, it's a, it's late Louis work. Like, right. <laughs> and today it's like, no, like that's definitely one of the greatest songs yeah. ever recorded. So I think that's a great reminder of the perspective that the astronomers had. Yeah. I mean, it's the creating this. It's the like, what's the most popular versus what's the critically acclaimed and then like what describes humans. Yeah. Just because something's critically acclaimed doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. That too. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like pop appeal. Pop is popular. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And like that should be part of it. And it seems like there was maybe one or two songs on there that kind of kind of made the cut but i just i think it's interesting to look at what actually made the cut yeah because there's a lot of things on there that i would say hmm (laughs) you know i i think i could pass yeah i you know and again i i still can't really wrap my head around i mean you're making this 
this playlist of sorts in the late 70s and what is and what is not included, like as great as it is to be able to go back and listen to music from so many different decades, you know, thanks to streaming, we also don't know what it's like for that music to come out in chronological order. And so when like I've gone back and listened to music, I have a really bad perspective on what was possible sound wise at a certain time and what wasn't because I only know how like music is recorded today through my lens of like, I know how a phone has a microphone and we're recording this sort of stuff. Like this is my perspective. And so like listening to Jimi Hendrix, I don't truly know how different that was for that period of time. And I don't think I ever could, I could, try and learn but it's it's different um yeah this is maybe a little bit off topic but i'm thinking about how in history like we're we're told a certain thing and then our technology gets better and we learn that it just wasn't that way and it's kind of like do you know like that that frozen body they found that had like preserved vocal cords and like they were able to make a sound of like (laughs) one of the first or like very, very early humans. Yeah. And it it was just so weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not what we sound like now. And so it's a little jarring. That's kind of how I envision like the aliens listening to us. Right. Cause like we have to assume that they don't know what we look like. They don't know what we sound like or like how we express what we are and so you know they're just jamming out to this record and that that is their assumption of us but let's say we're still around you know earth is still kicking they make contact and we're just like vibing with today's top 40 right (laughs) like it like it's a completely different yeah like (laughs) it's a it's a very different representation than what we are yeah now and i think that's kind of funny but also crazy that like humans and our capabilities have changed so quickly that i mean by the time this ever gets viewed we'll most likely be gone right don't mean Mm -hmm. to be cynical we'll most likely be gone but if we're not what are we going to be like when that record is viewed and how different will it be yeah between that that's really crazy for me to think about okay what would you put on your record? Not song by song, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it'd be fun for us to make our own playlist, and maybe we will. But mm-hmm. in general, what are you leaning towards as far as theming and what you'd make sure that you really have to include? I think that what I would want to include is the general way that I move through exploring or discovering different music because I think that that says a lot about what it's like consuming music today Mm -hmm. and really chief among that is that when when I was in my teens I listened to like a lot of like hip-hop and rap and I learned about a website called whosample.com and that's a website that is like a big old database that says, okay, this song, that one noise comes from this other song. And so I had a lot of moments where, you know, I'm listening to like, um, like a hip hop beat that has like certain vocals or horns that I really like the sound of. 
I'm like, oh my God, that, that sounds so good. There's no way that that isn't a sample. Look it up on who sampled. And then it's like, oh, here's a piece of music that I never would have discovered without discovering this other piece of music. And so for me, it would be a lot of um, going through like how I learned more about jazz and soul and R&B through that progression. But in general, I would want it to reflect how I've navigated through music and reflect how I like hearing things I've never heard before because there is so much music out there. I think it's really important to always be curious and discovering. So that's how I would approach assembling my 90 minutes of me. I like that because it's almost like you're taking a string. You're like, I went from here to here to here to here. Meow. That's yeah. me. That's great. That's not the approach I would take. <laughs> What's only, your approach? Only because I don't listen to music that way. Yeah. I'm really random and kind of all over the board. I think like in the beginning of this episode, I said how I'll have a certain taste for a year. So then I'll move on and I'll be like, yuck, ew, never again. Mm. And I kind of bounce around like that. So for me, it's harder to think about which songs or even styles I would include. But obviously, you know, Beyonce is my favorite artist of all time. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I got to have one or two bops on there. Yeah. You know, at least. You, you have any like contenders? Oh. Or is that too big of a I, you question? You know what? I don't, I don't want to get political with the Beehive okay, on this episode. Okay. If anyone wants to know, they can message me directly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it's like, okay, I also love Broadway and mm-hmm. show tunes. Like I got to get some of that in there. I'm also thinking like some Glee covers that are absolutely hysterical to me. Like Run, Joey, Run. If you know, you know. Like <laughs> I want to get yeah. a, little, a little funky, a little funny with it. Um, That's a good point. Just some, you know, I love... Movie soundtracks, I got to have at least two or three on there. Gosh, I don't even know what else I listen to. Like, that kind of sums me up. I, I was <laughs> thinking, too, right, just uh, because I was thinking of, like, um, one of my coworkers will, like, shuffle, like, all of their music. And included in that are, like, video game soundtracks. Yes. Which, like, there are a lot of great video game themes. But then also are, like, the the weird kind of funky, whimsical parts of a video game soundtrack and i i it yeah music can be funny it can be really playful exactly like i don't want to i wouldn't want to be super serious with yeah. it because i mean there are there are songs that like bring me to my knees and make me sob hysterically yeah right those are going to be included but then i also have my like running through a field laughing music it's right? <laughs> do, you know do you know what i mean <laughs> like there's music can make you feel such a range of emotions mm-hmm that I'd want that to be conveyed on my record because that's how I listen to music. And when you were talking about your coworker, that made me think like when I listen to music, you know, if I play it at dinner or whatever we're doing it at home, I usually just put on like my most, like my most recently liked song and then it'll just, it'll just go down. And I think that makes my quote unquote playlist just like kind of weird and random. Mm -hmm. Like there might be like a, a beautiful instrumental and then we're going to get into like some Beyonce renaissance like and then Broadway comes on mm-hmm. and, you know, now it's Christmas time. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot going on in my head. Therefore, there's a lot going on in my record, I think is what I'm 
trying to say here. So you're saying that your your record is is golden in its own way. Yeah, it's a golden record, baby. <laughs> if the golden record's so good, why isn't there a platinum one? Oh my gosh. Well, that seems like a discussion for another episode. <laughs> and with that being said, thank you all so much for joining us on the Can I Tell You Something podcast. This was a wonderful episode chatting about the golden record, the greatest mixtape humanity has ever created. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. We we hope you learned something, even if you already knew what the golden record was. Hopefully you could think, you know, just a little bit more of what it means for humanity and what it took to actually create this artifact. I also liked kind of stepping into the mind and time period of the humans who actually created the record. Because I think it's easy for us to look at it today and say, oh, like, that's not good. This was dumb. Why did they do this? But then when you go back to the 70s, then you can say, oh, you know what? I understand why that happened. There's some things I would change, right? Like, I still disagree that war and religion and politics wasn't included, but I can understand why. And I like working through the decisions that are made because I think that's also really cool and it shows um the human condition and decision making and it's almost like that is kind of going with the record Mm -hmm. right like that's also a part of it and i also wonder you know of course i wonder if it will ever be viewed or played in the way that humans intend but it's also interesting to think about what sort of meaning will be derived from other beings, right? Because like we have our own intentions for the record, but that doesn't mean that other beings will interpret it that way. Yeah. Which is a little scary, right? It, like it could be a, a intention we don't want, mm-hmm. but that's also really interesting to think about. Yeah. And it kind of, to me, it's like, that's what makes creating a record like this so worth it. Because there's kind of endless possibility of what could happen. And it also is kind of a, a proof or stamp to the universe that we were here. Yeah. And that's really comforting. It's nice to know that it's out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What about you? What did you learn? I, I mean, a couple things. The, the first thing that I wanted to figure out when doing this was what were the little things on the front cover? The and etchings. I, on the them. etchings. And that could be a whole different episode. But I, I learned about that and I was so happy that I finally did. The other thing too is I, I really liked going through all the photos. And it sent me down this whole rabbit hole of uh, downloading a bunch of different photos NASA's taken over the years because, I don't know, I mean, the selection of photos, like everything from the mathematical ones that to me, it resonated a lot with me um, because of like the, how do you even communicate what our like math symbols even do or how numbers even work for us? Right. Cause they only have meaning to us. Exactly. And like the, these attempts of simplifying the signal, but like encoding messages within it, you know, it's, 
it shows a lot of creativity. It shows like what we prioritize. We want to put on even more information. So we had to have a way to encode and decode stuff. And you know that then we had to have instructions for it. And um, it, those sorts of questions I think are so fun to play around with. And I, it's a great, you know, I'm not, I'm not one for bottled brain teaser type questions, but I, I think that this is not even a half bad one. It's like, here's what the golden record is. What do you include on yours? What should be included? What shouldn't be included? Like there's such, such good discussions that can come from it. That could go on forever. Right. Cause the idea is like, okay, it doesn't actually matter, right? Like you could mm-hmm. include any song you wanted, but why? Yeah. Would you include it or why wouldn't you? Or why would you include war and poverty in a religion or why shouldn't we? Yeah. That's what I like getting into. Mm-hmm. So I hope all of you out there can comment below just kind of your general thoughts on that cuz that's where I think the actual learning comes from. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd be interested to see what opinions you all have. Yeah. On that. So we'll leave some discussion questions below. Oh, yes we will. But yeah, I think that about wraps it up for the golden record episode. Yes. Twas golden. Twas golden. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow us on TikTok and Instagram, we are at Can I Tell You Something Podcast. That is Can I Tell You SMTH Podcast. And thanks for tuning in. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.